Come on in the room, family. What is up, everybody? And I hope that you are prepared and you are ready for the word that I have for you on tonight. And it is coming for, y'all ready for the high note? Yo, so it is coming for your soul. Thank you so much for joining me on this wonderful and beautiful Thursday night. And listen, during study, I was just like, oh, we, oh, oh, but I feel commissioned. I feel commissioned and summoned to deliver a word because what is on the inside of you is too necessary for you not to give birth to it. We are in our pressure series. This is part two. Tag us. Let us know where you are in the world and how this pressure series is blessing you. I believe each and every week it is going to be a challenge for you to evolve. I'm going to challenge you so that you can evolve, so that you can become and grow. So let's get to the word on tonight. There are two foundational texts that I would like to use for the backdrop of tonight's preaching presentation. Our first foundational text comes from James chapter 4. James chapter 4, verse 14. It says, why? Why? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. And then Hebrews chapter 3, verse 15, it says, as has just been said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. The two cautionings, there are two cautionings from our foundational text that I would like to abstract and bring front and center for the time that we have together on this sermonic journey on tonight as we continue this pressure series. And that is the Genesis of verse 14 in James, where the text says, you don't know. You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. And then verse 15 of Hebrews chapter three, today, when, and if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. You don't even know what's gonna happen tomorrow. So today, harden not your heart. You don't even know what's coming tomorrow. So today, don't harden your heart. You don't know about tomorrow. You don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. You don't know what's coming tomorrow. You don't even know if you're promised tomorrow. So today, are y'all seeing this connection? So today, harden not your heart. What have you been saying? What have you been saying that you will do tomorrow that the Holy Spirit has been beckoning for you to do today? What have you been pushing off for tomorrow that the Holy Spirit is saying, no, do that, do that thing today? Because the tranquilizer of pressure the tranquilizer of pressure causes for our gifts to be barren. What if nobody likes it? What if nobody listens? What if nobody subscribes? What if nobody joins? What if I get no reviews? What if I get bad reviews? What if this? What if that? Pressure, 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 pressure. And I wonder how many of us on tonight, I wonder how many of us have allowed the clutches of pressure to get us to sign the contract of procrastination. 
I hope y'all are ready for tonight. How many of us have allowed the clutches of pressure to get us to sign the contract of procrastination and I just feel like I have been summoned by the Holy Spirit on tonight I just feel like a man who is on fire to deliver a word to rip up the contract of procrastination because what is on the inside of you is too needed is too necessary is too vital for you to keep on saying I'll do it tomorrow I'll do it tomorrow I'll do it tomorrow you have not been mandated by God to be accepted by men I need to say that one more time. You have not been mandated by God to be accepted by men, but you have been mandated by God to represent the kingdom. You have not been mandated by God to, to be accepted by men, but you have been mandated by God to represent the kingdom. And sometimes when you represent him, it won't please them. But you are called to represent him in your marriage, represent him in your singleness, represent on your campus, represent in the classroom, represent in your communities, represent in your business. Oh, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder how many of us how many of us are continuing to push off what the Holy Spirit needs you to do today because of the false security of tomorrow? The silent assassin on opportunities always comes by us laying in the bed of there will always be tomorrow. I need to say that again. The silent assassin on opportunities always comes with us laying in the bed of there will always be tomorrow. And James, James chapter 4, verse 14, it says, listen, uh, you don't even know. You don't even know what tomorrow holds. You, you don't even know what's coming tomorrow. Why are you so confident that you will have tomorrow when today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart because procrastination Procrastination is based on the assumption that the opportunity has no expiration date. Lord have mercy. Because procrastination, procrastination is based on the assumption that the opportunity has no expiration date. And I wonder, I wonder how many of us and everybody who is watching this message under the sign of my voice on tonight, I wonder how long will you speak fluent in the language of procrastination. Because procrastination's favorite words are I'll do it tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. I'll start tomorrow. I'll begin tomorrow. I'll start that fast tomorrow. I'll start that workout regimen tomorrow. I'll forgive him tomorrow. We'll stop having sex tomorrow. I'll start that, I'll start that laundry that I said I was gonna clean up last week. I'll start doing that tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. Procrastination is based on the assumption that the opportunity does not have an expiration date. Procrastination, it is the graveyard of unexperienced blessings that have been eulogized by our excuses. Did y'all hear what I just said? Procrastination, it is the graveyard of unexperienced blessings that have been eulogized by our excuses. Father, would you help us? Would you help us and first and foremost forgive us for hearing your voice and not listening to it today?
Forgive us for not obeying today. Forgive us for not following your instructions on today and forgive us for living life as though we have time. Because what is tomorrow? We aren't promised tomorrow and what is our life? Our life is like a mist that is here in one moment and then vanishes in the next. And so many of us, God, are frustrated because we did not receive an outcome due to a regiment we keep pushing off on tomorrow. Convict us, strengthen us, and challenge us to be people who are diligent and consistent and have hearts that aren't hardened, but when we hear your voice, we obey. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody who agrees with that prayer, would you drop in the room, amen. Amen. You don't know. You don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know what will happen tomorrow. So today, <laughs> so today, what is it that you need to start on today that you keep on thinking that you could handle tomorrow? Because procrastination is the graveyard of unexperienced blessings that have been eulogized by our excuses. For part two of this brand new pressure series, I want to speak around this thought from this subject for the time that we have together on tonight. The procrastinating ends now. I felt that all in my soul. Is there anybody else who feels that the procrastinating ends now? Not tomorrow, not next week, not next month, not two weeks from now, not next year, not when you feel like it, not when you're over it, not when you're happy, not when you finally have the motivation. The procrastination ends now now so it's confession time and for tonight's confession i want you to make it personal i want you to put your name in the room i want you to say this everybody put this confession in the room for me it's jerry but can i get everybody to drop this in the room jerry the procrastinating ends now whatever your name is ashley jacob blake will ashley the procrastinating ends now my obedience is tied to someone's deliverance. Let's put that in the room. Jerry, the procrastinating ends now. My obedience is tied to someone's deliverance. Church family, I firmly believe that tonight's message is a life changer. Not a game changer because I'm not playing. Tonight's message is a life changer. Because one of the things that I believe this pandemic has revealed, it has revealed that we have had many churches and preachers who have been delivering messages to arouse an emotional response versus summoning fruit. We've had a lot of preachers preach messages to trigger emotionalism versus summon fruit. And I've stated it before, one of the greatest joys that I have as a servant of people, one of the greatest joys that Jerry has as a servant of people is I want you to mature. I get joy out of seeing you mature and evolve. It's like I'm working at the welcome desk of a fitness center and I get to see, wow, you running every night 
for the last six weeks on that treadmill, it's paying off. Wow, you come into that aerobic class at 6 a.m. for the last nine weeks, it's paying off. I get to see you transform, and I want you to grow. And I have made a vow with my heart and to my God that as long as I have oxygen in my lungs, this will be a church, this will be a ministry that summons for you to grow. You can't stay immature here. We want you to mature. We want you to grow. We want you to evolve. Just like it will be alarming for a parent. Just like it will be alarming for a parent to see the ultrasound at nine weeks look exactly the same as the ultrasound at 29 weeks. It is alarming to me that we have so many people who have been sitting in church for 10, 15, 25 years. And when we do a spiritual ultrasound of your life, we don't see any development of your faith. We don't see any understanding of the application and implementation of kingdom principles. We don't see any evolution. We don't see any growth. I get joy out of seeing you grow. And I'm going to challenge you on tonight. I'm going to challenge you on tonight because I believe too many of us, too many of us have been living life as though we're barren. We have been living life as though we are barren, but truth is the cyst of procrastination has been getting in the way, which is limiting you to conceive and give birth. I need to say that again. I want to challenge you on tonight because I believe too many of us, too many of us have been living life as though we're barren, but truth is the cyst of procrastination has been getting in the way of us conceiving and giving birth. This word on tonight is going to be surgical. Yeah, there's some cysts of procrastination that we need to surgically remove so that you can start experiencing the prayers, so that you can start experiencing the blessings, so that you can start experiencing the overcome. It is going to be a surgical operation in here on tonight. Up in here, up in here. And I finally get it. I finally get it. I finally get it, y'all. The enemy knows, all right, I cannot stop. I cannot stop God's principles from working. There is nothing I could do with my evil power to disrupt this kingdom key. Because whenever God speaks a thing, it's going to happen. If God said it, he's going to do it. If God spoke it, it's going to happen. Because we serve the type of God, he doesn't break promises, he breaks chains. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 13 puts it this way. When God was making a promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater to swear by, he swore by himself. He swore by himself. God was like, okay, I don't see nobody up here in heaven greater. There's nobody in the stratosphere greater. There's nobody in the earth realm greater. There's nobody greater in the north. There's nobody greater in the south. There, there, there's nobody greater in the east. There's nobody greater in the west. So I'm going to swear by myself. You know you God. We like, then there's nobody greater than me. So when I promise to you, I'm going to put that on me. <laughs> on God. That's what I'm going to put it on. Not on anything else. I put that on me that I'm going to make sure that what I promised you comes into fruition. Because whenever God makes a decree, it's going to become a reality. Whenever God makes a call, it's not going to stall. Why are we rhyming like this? Why am I, Torrance, I need to just go ahead and drop an album. Do it, bro. <laughs> Why am I up here rhyming like this? 
I'm up here like, you know, hell, hell. Honor, it goes to Yahweh. Christ is first, so let me go and get out of Yahweh. Wordplay. But with the word I don't play. All right, back, back to the message. <laughs> back, back to the message. Whenever God makes a promise, it's going to happen. Whatever decree he has declared, it is going to become a reality. And when God makes a call, it's not going to stall. But the enemy is like, okay, I cannot stop God's principles from working. I cannot stop God's principles from working. Oh, but, but, but I can stop the harvest from coming if I can get them to faint. Remember the principle, be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap a harvest if you faint not. The enemy knows I can't do nothing about due season. Oh, but what I can do, if I can get them to procrastinate, there it is, if, if I can get them to procrastinate, if I, can get, if I can get for them to faint, they'll never experience due harvest. Because watch this. The, tr the tranquilizer of procrastination, the tranquilizer of procrastination must be battled with the ethic of discipline. Did you hear me? The tranquilizer of procrastination must be battled with the ethic of discipline because discipline is the diet of the next level. Discipline is the distance between harvest and grind. Woo! Discipline is the distance between harvest and grind. And the only way I can see the manifestation of what I'm being disciplined to receive is I must be consistent. Somebody put in the room, be disciplined, be, be, be disciplined, be disciplined, be disciplined. The discipline, the discipline to stick to it. The discipline to wake up early to pray. The discipline to a regiment. The discipline to a routine. The discipline to memorizing scripture. The discipline with loving your spouse. The discipline. What y'all didn't think that takes discipline? You got to be disciplined to do that too. <laughs> the discipline with loving your spouse. The discipline of sermon binging. The discipline of staying focused. Because watch it. When I'm focused, it's easy for me to identify distractions. But when I'm unfocused, distractions look like opportunities. This is so good, man. When I'm focused, it's easy for me to discern distractions. But when I'm not focused, distractions look like opportunities. When I'm focused, I could identify this is a distraction that must be released. Because anytime we're hanging on to something that God did not send, by default, we're delaying what God is trying to send. That's confirmation for somebody right there. I need to say that one more time. Anytime we're hanging on to what God didn't send, by default, that delays what God is trying to send. Discipline, 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 the distance between the harvest and the grind. I want to give you Bible, Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 1. It says, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. <laughs> Some of us even know the Bible said that. Whoever hates correction is stupid. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11, 
It says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So here's the question. What are you being trained by? Your discipline or your procrastination? Ooh, we may. What are you being trained by? Your discipline or your procrastination? There is a chain that has been crafted in the blacksmith shop of weaponry. And it often goes overlooked and underpreached because when we think about the weapons of the enemy or chains of the enemy, we automatically think about the demonic, the satanic, oppression, depression, fear, death, murder, uh, suicide. We usually think about those weapons and they are weapons, but there's another weapon. There is another chain. There is another chain that goes undetected and concealed that the enemy is using to rob our homes of joy, our churches of creativity, our side hustles, and our grind from ever being launched or receiving the fruit of your labor, and that is the chain of procrastination. I feel like this is coming for somebody's scalp. The chain of procrastination. Procrastination, procrastination, procrastination. Oh, the double Dutch hesitation of procrastination. Do y'all remember double Dutch? It's a game where somebody will hold a jump rope. One person will be on one side and another person will be on the other side and you have to jump in. And so you're sitting there and you're looking at the rope and you're waiting for your turn and then you're hopping in and you're going. There's always that one person. There's always that one person where they will be doing the double dutch and they swing in the jump rope. Now it's like, okay, I'm gonna get it. All right, all right, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start tomorrow. I'm gonna finish this last episode on Netflix. I'm gonna start. I'm sorry, I'm gonna do that Bible plan. Jump, I'm gonna do the Bible plan, just hold on. Wait, just, just two more hours on Netflix. Just, just some more Game of Thrones, yeah. I'm gonna jump in, stop rushing me. I'm gonna break up with him. Just one more orgasm, okay, yeah. I, I, I'm gonna jump in. I'm gonna jump in the hesitation of procrastination. The double dutch of procrastination is the cancer that steals time that we think we have. Did you catch that? The double dutch of procrastination is the cancer that steals time that we think we have. It is the graveyard of unexperienced blessings that have been eulogized by our excuses. Procrastination. Procrastination. Procrastination, procrastination, procrastination postpones a harvest that is tied to a regiment that you said you'll start tomorrow. Procrastination, 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 procrastination sends you the words of I'll do it later, but many times I'll do it later becomes never. Procrastination, 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 procrastination is hell's security deposit that we don't have to worry about them today because they think they have time for tomorrow. Procrastination, procrastination, procrastination. The pressure of perfectionism has caused for many of us to procrastinate. I just wanna write. 
I, I just want it perfect. It is better to daily evolve than delay due to the desire of perfection. Procrastination, procrastination, procrastination. This one right here, y'all. Procrastination is the down payment on a lot in the cemetery, which ensures that your dreams go with you to the grave. My God. Procrastination is the down payment on a lot in a cemetery that ensures the dreams that you have go with you to the grave. Procrastination, procrastination, procrastination. Procrastination is the atomic bomb on the pattern of diligence because diligence is the passport to results. Man, I'm trying to help somebody on tonight. There's something on the inside of you that the earth needs. There's something on the inside of you that our community needs. There is something on the inside of you that the church needs. And due to us procrastinating, we're not giving birth to it. We've heard enough sermons about how to shout. We've heard enough sermons on how to praise. We've heard enough sermons on how to give. We need to hear more messages on how to have diligent hands. How to be diligent. Diligence. Difficulty does not mean give up. Difficulty does not mean quit. The lack of support does not mean fold. Difficulty is not a permission slip for you to abandon your post. Leading does not always mean leaving. We need to understand there, there is this thing that needs to be cultivated. It needs to be discipled in you. It has to be taught. It has to be challenged. There has to be a demand on your life to understand there is this ethic that you need and that I need. And it is the ethic of diligence. 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 Can I get somebody to put in the room? Be diligent. Be diligent. Be diligent. Be diligent. Here's a question for you. Here's a question for you. What if the answer to your prayer, what if the answer to your prayer is tied to you being diligent with something? Yeah. What, what, if, what if you have been beckoning God to do in your life is tied to you being diligent in an area? Diligence, diligence, diligence. Could it be diligent with uploading that video? Dil diligent with recording something? What in your life? Have you been expecting for there to be fruit, but there has been no diligence, 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 diligence. What, what if the evolution of your marriage, what if the improvement of your marriage was not just tied to you knowing the five love languages? It wasn't just, it's not just limited to you knowing his or her love tank or love bank. What if it was tied with the diligence of you honoring them even when you or they are upset? Diligence, 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 because diligence is tied to outcomes. Please hear me. Diligence is tied to outcomes. And I believe a lot of us are frustrated with your spiritual walk and your spiritual evolution because you have been praying for a miracle that only needs the principle of diligence. Are you asking God to crack a red sea and all he's saying is being diligent with seeking my face? Are you asking God to do something when the only thing that is needed in your life is for you to cultivate and learn the ethic of diligence? Diligence in Hebrew is charas. It means, it means to make sharp. 
Diligence in the Hebrew is charas. It means to make sharp by constant striking. Constant. Think about somebody sharpening a sword. If you're going to be diligent, it means I'm going to keep on. I'm doing this every day. I'm diligent with working out. I'm diligent with writing my book. I'm diligent with recording. I'm diligent with my fast life. I'm dil diligent with my prayer life. I'm diligent with this work ethic. The reason I'm striving to be so diligent is because excellence separates. Oh, I, wish I, I wish I heard this. I wish I heard this when I first started the ministry because I had the wrong mindset. I thought it was just about trying to build a platform, but now I understand it's all about the glory of God and excellence separates. I need diligence. The crazy thing about procrastination is it actually keeps you busy. <laughs> the crazy thing about procrastination is it actually keeps you busy. It just keeps you busy doing things that are unimportant. Chronic procrastination. And here's the crazy thing about procrastination. Procrastination keeps you busy doing things that are unimportant. And a lot of us are so frustrated because we want to reap a harvest, but we live a life of doing second things first. We live a life of doing second things first. And then we have the nerve to get upset when somebody interrupts our busyness with procrastination. <laughs> it's like somebody playing a game and you interrupt them. Man, you made me lose. I interrupted your procrastination. You being busy with your procrastination? Chronic procrastination. And there's a difference between procrastinating and being lazy. Procrastination is activity in an area of something that doesn't matter. That's all procrastination is. You busy, but you're just busy in an area doing something that doesn't matter. Laziness is when you're not doing nothing, period. <laughs> you're not doing anything, period. I feel like it's getting hot in here. I'm already sweating, but I feel like somebody else is sweating in the spirit. It's like, oh, it's just how he's talking to me. He's talking about me. Lord knows I need to do this. Procrastination. Procrastination is the graveyard of unexperienced blessings that have been eulogized by our excuses. Hope y'all are ready for this. It's about to get real. And lasting clutter is proof of procrastination at work. Whew. Somebody raise your hand if that just hits you. Lasting, lasting clutter is proof of procrastination at work. How long are you going to let your trunk look like that? I'm talking about your car. Yeah. How long are you going to let your trunk look like that? I know nobody see it. But lasting clutter doesn't bother a procrastinator. In fact, lasting clutter is a reflection of your gifts. They're in a pile. They're in a pile. I'm not doing nothing with it. I'm not striving to use them. I'm not beating my craft. I'm not striving to present this to God as two fish and five loaves so that he could bless it. Lasting clutter does not bother procrastinator because it's just a reflection of their gifts. I want to show you something. Exodus chapter 2, Exodus chapter 2, verse 23 and 24. We're speaking about Moses, okay? It says, during that long period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out, and their cry and their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. So what we're seeing right here is there's a group of individual, 
who don't like something they're going through and they're crying out for God for help and God hears it. In Exodus chapter three, verse nine, God is talking to Moses. He said, and now the cry of the Israelites has reached me and I seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites out of Egypt. I wanna give you one more text. Jonah chapter one, verse one. It says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. Hmm. They're crying out for prayer. God hears it. He has a conversation with a deliverer. Their wickedness is coming up before the Lord. God sees it. God hears it. God has a conversation with a deliverer. You know why procrastination is so dangerous? Because your obedience is tied to someone's deliverance. See, I like, I want you guys to see this. I like to call this the lie chain. The, the, the lie chain, all right? So there are all these lies the enemy tells us. And each link is a lie. And the purpose of this lie chain is to get you to be held captive. Now, here's the thing. This lie chain is attached to procrastination. And I want for them to believe all of my lies because remember, the lies are links. Whatever lie that you believe, you're not good, good enough. That's just a link. You're not smart enough. That's just a link. Nobody's going to listen to this. That's just a link. Nobody's going to hear you. That's just a link. You don't even have a degree in this. That's a link. Man, you're not smart. That's a link. You're not called. That's a link. You don't even have enough money. That's a link. You don't even have enough opportunities and nobody's helping you. That's a link. So he tells you all of these lies because lies are link, links to the lie chain. And I want you to believe the lies and I want you to be attached to them so that you don't even recognize you procrastinating. You procrastinating causes for you to wear this chain, this lie chain, which is keeping you from reaching a people. It's more. Listen, please hear me. Please hear me. It's more than you being smart enough. It's more than what you think. It is the enemy trying to ensure that there are people who remain in bondage because I keep believing lies. And my lies help me procrastinate. And so somebody right now is crying out to God for an answer. And there's somebody right now watching this message that has these, this lie chain on your life that is keeping you stuck and tied to procrastination because your obedience is tied to someone's deliverance. I'm living proof of it. You right now watching this message is tied to me saying yes to God back in 2006. I had no idea that in 2021, I would be speaking a message later that would summon for somebody to get the confidence to recognize that maybe I have been a slave and maybe I am bound by lies. They're not true. He's a father of lies. I am bound by lies. And the reason he wants you to believe lies is so a people crying out for deliverance will never experience a deliverer. Please hear me. Please hear me. Everybody's purpose is on purpose for someone's purpose. Did y'all hear me? Everybody's purpose 
is on purpose for somebody's purpose. You have a purpose, which is for the purpose of unlocking somebody else's purpose because we are all many members of one body. There is a purpose that is on Jerry's life and me living out my purpose is for the purpose of somebody else discovering that they have purpose. There's a purpose on your life that is for the purpose of somebody else discovering that there is purpose in their life. There is purpose with their opportunity. You have a purpose and I have a purpose, but as long as we believe the lies, he'll keep us linked up to procrastination. See, in the spirit realm, it's a link. In the natural realm, it's a lie. It's a lie. And this is why we have to have messages that provide us with a truth station. A truth station so that you can recognize God is, I'm not holding your past against you. That has been blood covered. And once I understand the truth, what does the truth do? The truth shall make you free. And I'm trying to get somebody on tonight to understand it's bigger than you. Whatever you're saying, I'll do tomorrow. I'll start tomorrow. When I get a bigger platform, when I get better, when, 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 I finally think, when I finally think I'm good enough to do this, whatever you're putting off tomorrow, somebody else is expecting for God to answer their prayer. God sends people and so does the enemy. And I wonder how many of us have been selfish and have been pushing something off because we think it's not good enough. And our foundational text in James told us, you don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. What is your life? Your life is like a mist here one moment and vanishes the next. So Hebrews chapter 3 verse 15, today, today, when, today, if you hear my voice, harden not your heart. My, my obedience, my obedience is tied to someone's deliverance. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than me. Procrastination postpones a harvest that is tied to a regiment that you said you will start tomorrow. So how do we overcome procrastination. First thing is you have to have a why. I'm talking about a crystal clear why. That's your purpose. What is your why? The reason that I study and the reason I have dedicated my life to be a student of the scriptures and the reason I have dedicated my life to serve people until I am in the grave is because number one, God has called me to be a voice for my generation. So if I don't do this, I'm in disobedience. I'm in disobedience. So my why is out of obedience. And then my other why is I wanna see you grow. I wanna see you grow. I wanna see you evolve. I want to see you mature. You have to have a, cl a crystal clear why. A lot of us procrastinate so much because we have no why. You have no why. Number two, how do I overcome procrastination? You have to disconnect to connect. You have to disconnect to connect. Many times when I'm studying, I disconnect from Wi-Fi. Leave the phone in another room. Stop going to the bathroom with your phone. 
You know how many times, <clears throat> you know how long you sit in the bathroom? I'm talking about you in there so long when your feet feel like static. Your whole legs are numb, falling asleep because you're spending so much time scrolling instead of time sharpening. Sharpening. Diligence. Diligence. I have to disconnect to connect. And here's the thing, y'all. I want to be able to see the vision connect with my reality. Did you hear me? I want my vision to connect with my reality. I don't want to just hope one day I will see it. I actually want to walk in it. I have to see it before I see it. And many times I have to disconnect to connect. Many times that's natural. I may have to disconnect from a relationship to connect to a heavenly relationship. I have to disconnect from an internet, disconnect from social media, disconnect from a game, disconnect from a Netflix series. A lot of us don't even recognize, oh, you diligent. You so diligent, you watched every season of Game of Thrones. You watched every season of Snowfall and Power. You diligent. Look at you. You so diligent, every single season on Netflix of that series you watched. So why you can't use that same diligence for finishing a Bible reading plan? Procrastination does keep you busy. It just keeps you busy and diligent doing things that don't matter. Disconnect to connect. Number three. Form milestones. This is something that I've learned personally in the last few years is when I'm able to have metrics to my growth and I celebrate them, I won't allow my inner critic to make myself think I'm not doing anything. Form milestones. If, if you're working out, exit out on the calendar every day. Form milestones so that you can have measurements to see am I evolving? Am I growing? The worst thing you could ever do is spend time or spend effort on a counterfeit. The worst thing that you could ever do is spend time or effort on something that you're not called to. I want to know, number one, my vision. I want to know my why. I want to know my purpose and inform milestones so that when the enemy tells you you're not making a difference, you can actually see I've been measuring this. I am making a difference. Number four, this one's huge for me personally. You have to see something. You have to see something. I said back in 2016 that I want to have a powerful online ministry. I want, I want my wife and I to come together and I want us to start touring and doing different things to help my generation. I said that in 2016. I saw it before I saw it. What do you see? It's easy for you to procrastinate when you see nothing. And this is the thing about having leaders in your life. Leaders must be able to see more than what people see. And leaders must be able to see before people see. I need to have somebody in my life that can see more of my life and in my life that I see with my life. And I need to also have people, friends, leaders, pastors, mentors, coaches. I need to have somebody around me who sees before I see. So they can tell me, I know that you think this is a good opportunity. I know that you think that this is a good endeavor, but it's really a distraction from your post. Or this is a relationship, a community that is healthy for your growth. I have to see something. The last one, I said it all throughout the sermon. Somebody's deliverance is tied to your yes. Someone needs your yes. I don't know who I'm speaking to tonight, but I feel it. I feel it. You have been saying tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. And I came here on tonight to put some pressure on you. You don't know what tomorrow holds. 
So today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart, because procrastination is the graveyard of unexperienced blessings that have been eulogized by our excuses. So God, would you help us right now in this moment? Would you help us to recognize diligence is tied to outcomes? Whatever it is in our life, God, that we need to have diligence in, would you convict us? Would you reveal to us maybe, maybe the change that we want to see in our life is tied to diligence each and every day of our life. And we're praying and we're asking, oh God, that you give us the confidence, you give us the faith and help us digest this word so that it can summon fruit in our spirit. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen.